Welcome to the Growing in Christ podcast, where we are rooted in living water and growing closer to our purpose in Christ. I am your host, Shador Foy. Now let's get growing. And today is January 8th, and we are doing chapter 7. So I am so sorry for missing yesterday. Yesterday, I got a little busy and I ended up leaving my phone and my mom's car and I didn't get home till late so it was super hectic but I will do double duty today for you all. I will be doing chapter 7 and chapter 8 today though they won't be in the same episode or the same podcast. They'll be in two different podcasts but you should get them today on January 8th. So we're, like I said before, we're starting with chapter seven and I'll be doing verse one first. And like always, grab your Bibles, grab your notes, your pencils, your pen, different things like that. And I will dive in with verse one. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Verse two, keep my commands and live and my law as the apple of your eye. Verse three. Bind them on your finger and write them on the tablet of your heart. So just going back to verse 2 when it says, keep my commands and live. So I think about, you know, if you disobey your parent, you're not going to drop dead right then and there. But when Jesus Christ came, he said, I come to give you life so that you may have it more abundantly. And we have life now, like, you know, even though people don't, recognize Christ as their savior, they are still presumed as living. You know, that's what they're a breathing thing. A thing that has working cells is a living being. So they're seen as being, having life as being a living thing. But when he says, keep my commands and live, he's saying live more abundantly live the correct way live how god wants us to live because there are so many people that are walking dead they are breathing organisms that are dead they have working cells but their soul is not working you know their spirit isn't working it is dead and when you keep the commands of your parents and even god and even the people above you that is truly living that is truly walking in life it's not just being the walking dead but it's being the walking alive so i just wanted to expound on that part and then at verse four it says say to wisdom you are my sister and call understanding your nearest kin verse five that they may keep you from the immoral woman from the seductress who flatters with her words So when I think about verses four and five, I think about any brother, if you are a boy and you have a sister, you might get an understanding of what this verse means when it says to keep wisdom as your sister and understanding as your nearest kin. If you've ever had like cousins or close kin and that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. So for the brothers that have had sisters, you know that your sister is checking your girlfriend. Like, you know, any good sister will check your girlfriend and will like, you know, try and see and see and know that, oh, you can do better than this. Or, 
oh, how did you find a girl like that? Because you're wild. You know, like sisters, them being girls and them being a woman kind of know how to check out another one. So that's the same as wisdom. Wisdom is like a Proverbs 31 woman. You know, wisdom is a virtuous woman. Wisdom is the best woman out there. So if she's your sister for the dudes, if she is your sister, even for the girls, because girls can impart wisdom in other girls on what type of man that they should get. So if wisdom is your sister, she will keep you from for dudes from getting the immoral woman and for girls from being the immoral woman. That sister will keep you on the right path. And for the dudes, you may not actually know what to look for in another girl. But having that wisdom, that virtuous woman being your sister, you can be like, well, my sister acts like that. And this girl, um, I don't know, you know, <laughs> or even with being a girl that has a sister, you could be like, I have something to look up to, so I can't just be out here and be wild when my sister has shown me modesty and being preserved and being to herself. So, on verse 6, it says, For at the window of my house, I looked through my latest, verse 7, and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of of understanding which also means lacking of understanding verse 8 passing along the street near her corner and he took the path to her house so right then and there at verse 7 we kind of get insight on the man that he's young and he's simple he lacks understanding and at verse 8 we hear that he's already walking towards temptation which you know, from the previous chapters, we've heard Solomon say a lot, don't go towards the path of wickedness, like stay away from the path of wickedness. And he walks directly to her house. So right here, we see that he's already walking into bad paths. And at verse 9, it says, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. So you know, Solomon already, we get the picture and Solomon already gives us the idea that this young man means no good. First of all, he's going at night, so you kind of already know what he's finna do. He's uh, lacks understanding, he's young, he's walking to the immoral woman's house, like it just screams his agenda you know this screams his agenda it doesn't scream wisdom it doesn't scream understanding listening to his parents instructions he's just walking for it and going toward it and that's what sucks us in is when we walk toward evil and how we do evil just full-on exposes us because if you're doing the right thing and if you're walking the right path you know, you wouldn't even be near the immoral woman's house. You know, you wouldn't even be out at night. You would not look like a young person lacking understanding. That's also why I have started growing in Christ. Because as young people, we should have understanding and we should not lack understanding. But it is something that we need to cling to. 
So evil will tell off on you, you know, your evil will tell off on your agenda. Your action will show what you are doing. There's no way that you are a righteous person. There's no way that you are a wise person in the dead of night going to a, a woman who is known for sleeping around with other people, knowing that she has a husband and you're going to her house. You cannot say that you're a righteous person. Knowing that her husband isn't there, it's late. Why are you at somebody's house? So evil will tell your agenda. And then in verse 10, it says, And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. So when you meet the immoral woman, or if you may have some signs of being the immoral woman, more than likely you will or that person will have a crafty heart or even an immoral man. Like they will not love you, but their heart will be crafty. Their heart will always have an agenda. Love never has an agenda. Love just loves because that's what it does. You know, it just loves you and wants to encourage you and wants to see you in a higher place. Love never has an agenda. But when you have a crafty heart, your heart is always making up agendas for people's downfall and for your uprise. You know, that is what a crafty heart does. And then verse 11 says, she was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. So right then and there, we kind of see that she's a loud person. More than likely, she's always trying to seem confident or seem above, you know, because you know, people say like when you get louder, it draws more attention to yourself and she's rebellious. And sometimes when people act rebellious, it's because today we call it being smart. So and when I'm reading this, I think of when I'm thinking about it, it kind of makes me picture a loud and smart woman, you know, and I'm pretty sure that we all in some way, shape or form, whether it be real life or TV or whether we heard it before, we have seen a loud and rebellious woman. And even sometimes we may have experienced seeing a woman that never stays at home, though she has a husband. She's never in her own home. She's never minding her own business. So and at verse 12, it says, at times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So if you ever are tempted in being or by the immoral woman or immoral man, and you may think about pursuing them and you may think, well, if they're out here dressing how they dress, of course they want to be looked at. If they're out here acting how they act and flirting with me, then, I mean, they boyfriend must not be buying her flowers or their girlfriend must not be holding it down. That's not your judgment. That's not your place. So you have to ask yourself, if you married somebody or if you were in a relationship with somebody and maybe you were doing your best, but they were just a wild person, would you want some other person to think bad about you and just be like, well, I might as well sleep with them or I might as well try and ask them out on a date, even though I know they're in a relationship? Like, would you want somebody to do that with your spouse or with your girlfriend or your boyfriend? So anytime you see that and you get tempted by it and you think, 
well, they're asking for it. You have to think in your mind, well, do I want somebody to say that about my husband or my spouse when they're out acting crazy and I'm trying to do the best that I can? And then that that's like my breaking point. You know, when they cheat or when they get with somebody else, that's my breaking point. You have to think about that and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And then at verse 13, it says, So she caught him and kissed him with an impudent face. She said to him, verse 14, I have peace offerings with, with me. Today I have paid my vows. Verse 15, So I came out to meet you, diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. Verse 16, I have spread my bed with tapestry-colored coverings of Egyptian linen. Verse 17, I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. So I'm going to stop right there. And what it sounds like is that she's trying to impress the male. That's what it sounds like off the bat. But I like to dig a little deeper. If that man has already taken the time to go out in the midnight, be bold enough to walk to her house and to seek her, more than likely he's already he's already caught you know he's already in you know there's there's no more tugging need to happen because he's walking towards it so it's not necessarily about her trying to convince him it's more about her trying to seal the deal it's more about her saying oh well i've done all this just for you just for you and trying to make them feel good because sometimes that's what the devil will do he never wants to give us room to think because he knows in that moment that we'll think that's the moment that god will speak to us and will save us from those things and that's the moment that we will open our ears to hear god because as my apostles say and i'm sure that you've heard it from other people as well god is always talking but we're not always listening and sometimes that's because we have the devil in our ear all the time trying to seal the deal trying to make things sound nice because he knows that if he can take our imagination somewhere else and get us imagining the things of wickedness and the things that are evil we won't have any room to say wait a minute let me stop and think about what god thinks about this let me stop and open my ears and hear from god god is it okay if i sleep with this woman no, because you already know that God's not going to be okay with it. And the devil wants to stir up your emotions and stir up your imagination so that there's no room for that second thought. So in verse 18, it says, Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. So here you can hear that she is continuously filling him with this fantasy and sometimes that's what the devil will do because sometimes we like to blame things on the devil but it's not the devil that it's the devil that tempts us yes he is a tempter he is an oppressor i'm sorry and he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but he cannot force us. God does not allow it to where he can force us to do things. See, right now, the immoral woman is just tempting the young man. You know, 
That's all that the devil can do. The devil has a line that God has placed that he cannot cross. Now he can tempt us, but it is our decision whether we want to go for it or not. And that's what the devil does. The devil likes to talk to us and stir up our imagination. So we start imagining things. And when we start imagining the things that the devil has put inside of us, now we can, now we as man go the further limit. You know, we go past the mark and we decide that, oh, the devil just feeds our our imagination, but we take it even further and we want to fulfill our imagination. So we have to bring our minds back into the captivity of Christ, knowing that, okay, the devil is coming against me, so I need to stop this right now. Because, you know, this all might sound good, but the more you listen to it, the more you start imagining about it in your mind and thinking about it in your mind. And whatsoever man thinketh that so he is, is because you choose to make that thought manifest. When you're constantly thinking on something, you're going to at some point choose to make that thought manifest itself. And then at verse 19, it says, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long, I'm sorry, on a long journey. Verse 20, he has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. Verse 21, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. So like I was saying earlier, with her enticing speech, because it caught his imagination. He started imagining, he could probably even smell the cinnamon on the bed that was perfumed. He could see the Egyptian linen on the bed. He could imagine all those things. And she got into his imagination and that's what the devil likes to do. He likes to get into our imagination and into our minds so that we will yield to him. Because he's not just going to tell us, oh, I, I want to cheat on my husband and I want to sleep with you. You know, that's not what the immoral woman is going to do. The devil's not going to just tell you, oh, I, I want to destroy your life and I want you to have to do drugs so that you become a drug addict so that you never fulfill your purpose in Christ. You know, that's not what the devil's going to tell you. He's going to be like, oh, well, you should just try this because you know you're dealing with this and this will calm you down. And if you just if you just take a sip of this, you know, you can just lean back from it. Don't worry, you won't get addicted. It's okay. It's your choice. You will always have a choice in it. That's what the devil likes to do. And the devil likes to get into your imagination so that you can yield to him. But he has a different agenda. Though he tells you one thing, he has a whole nother agenda. Though the immoral woman came and kissed him and said to him, I have a peace offering. I have peace offerings with me and I'm, I just want to express my love to you. She had a crafty heart. She had a whole nother agenda. And then at verse 22, it says, immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. So that is when it, verse 22 is when it comes out of the imagination into the manifestation. It comes out of it just being in your mindset to, you know, 
I can envision him being like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. You know, let's let's do this. You know, like sometimes when the devil comes against us and it may not even be with um, immorality or different things like that. But when the devil comes against us, we're like, okay, yeah, you got something that I like. Let's do this. And that you have to realize that that's your decision. That's not the devil. The devil does not make you say, yes, I want to go for this. Yes, I want to smoke this. Yes, I want to sleep with this person. The devil and the immoral woman does not make you do those things, but they they give enticing speeches to you to get into your imagination. And then when it's in your imagination and it's so strong, you want to make it a manifestation and you want to be like, okay, let's, let's go, you know, let's, let's do this. Yes, I am for this. And that is, that is when it becomes you. That is when it's no longer the devil talking because at this point, the immoral woman isn't talking anymore. When he immediately goes after her, she stopped her speech. You know, her speech is over her. I mean, bravo. A round of applause, like take a bow. Her speech is over. Now, it is your choice what you want to do with her speech and if you want to receive or reject her speech. But you have to be honest with yourself. After you've listened to verses 11 through 20, you're not going to listen to all of that and reject it. You're not going to hear... Let her go through about how she's got the alloys, the aloes and the myrrh and the cinnamon on the bed and how she's got Egyptian linen and how her husband won't be coming home for a little while. You're not going to listen to all that and entertain her and then reject her. No, when you listen to verses 11 through 20, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to receive this because if it wasn't that way, you would have stopped her at verse, I'm sorry, verses 14 through 20. But if it was that way, you you would have stopped her at verse 15. You would have been like, um, stop there. You would have rejected her. Actually, even more so, you would have stopped at verse 8. You know, you wouldn't have even passed along the street near her corner. You wouldn't have even done that. You know, this would have been a short chapter if you would reject the immoral woman. But you have to be honest with yourself. You're not going to allow the devil to feed your imagination and it get into your mind without you wanting in your heart for it to manifest. So, and then verse 23 says, Till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would take his life. So the devil, like I said before, the devil always has an agenda. He doesn't want you to feel good without a cost. You know, he's not going to allow you to have that fulfillment without you paying a price. And sometimes, yes, that price is your life because the devil's agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy. It's like God has told us this. You know, God's like, how more honest can I be? You know, how much more can I give you? I have 
told you about your enemy and yet you still like to play patty cake with your enemy when all he wants to do is kill, steal, and destroy. I have told you about the immoral woman. I have told you that her heart is crafty and that she, if she doesn't love her husband, she's not going to love you. I have said that to you and you still want to lie down with her. You still want to put your life in jeopardy by being with her. How much more information about our enemies can God give us? You know, we like to play patty cake with our enemies. I mean, just being honest, we like to sleep with our enemies. You know, Samson was to carry the Israelites out of destruction and he slept with a Palestinian. Like, what are you doing? You are sleeping with the enemy and that's just we just have to get to that point where we're honest with ourselves yes we like to play games with the enemy but we have to know that the enemy is not playing games with us the enemy doesn't want us to feel good you know the enemy doesn't want he may say yeah sit down take a load off calm down put your feet up you know drink this you know um can i get you anything you know he may say those things but as soon as you sit down, as soon as you take that sip, come to find out it has poison in it because he does not like us. He hates us. As children of God, he hates us. We are not something that he likes. We are not something that he wants to make friends with. Honestly, the only people, the only being that truly wants us man is God, you know, because we have to be honest with ourselves. We truly don't even want each other sometimes. Sometimes you don't want your cousins. Sometimes you're like, oh, I wish they would go home. I don't want to see them. You maybe all the time you may not like your friends. You might be like, oh, I get sick of seeing them sometimes. I get sick of their attitude sometimes. Or I get sick of them being around. We don't even like each other that much. But the only one that truly wants us is God because he sees purpose in us because he created us and we have to really get that in our minds and cling to God God is like I have all this love for you yet you run to the person that hates you I have all this joy and happiness for you yet you run to the one who wants to destroy you like you know it's like how much more information about our enemies can God give us before it's like nope I'm not gonna walk down the path of wickedness so i mean god hates for us to come to that place where we fall in the hands of destruction but there's only so far that god will go you know after adam and even even before adam and eve ate from the tree of good and evil they still had a will and god is not going to take our will from us he says that we can choose either life or death. You know, we can choose heaven or hell. We can choose living life and having it more abundantly or being the walking dead. God is not going to take that choice away from us, but he does all he can to protect us. You know, he sets boundaries for the enemy. He gives us so much instruction to keep us from going in the path of wickedness, yet there are only so many warnings that he can give where he can't forcibly take us out of a situation unless we ask, you know, unless we submit to God. And like, 
um, in the verses that we've read. Unless we truly fear God and submit to him, be in awe of him and be in respect of him, we cannot get to that place where, you know, unless we ask for God to remove us, we won't be in that place. So we have to make sure that we're clinging to the one who truly loves us. And then and verse 24 says, Now therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Verse 25, Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. So this is kind of like I was talking about with being for God. You have to recognize God's love. You have to accept his perfect love. Therefore, recognizing his love and accepting it. You know, you have to truly accept it so you can give it back to him. Because once you recognize the love of God, it's it makes it easier to see the love of God in others. And, and it makes it easier to see who's for you and who's against you. Because when you have that discernment in God, it makes it easier to see who's really of God and who's really not of God. Who's walking in love or who's walking with a crafty heart that has an agenda. And verse 26 says, For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. So this is like, it's not about your strength. You know, it's not about being strength or being swift. The race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but to the one who endures. It's about enduring. It's about staying true and having that integrity and being an upright person. I don't care how strong you are. You have to realize in your weakness, you are strong because when you're weak, God can impart the most of his strength in us, you know? So we have to walk humbly before the before the Lord and we have to be humble and be weak to God and be like, okay, God, I know my flesh desires different things. I know my imagination runs wild sometimes, but God, I need you. I need to be humble. I don't want to walk in the paths of the immoral woman. I don't want to sleep with my enemy fearing for my life. I don't want to play games with the enemy that wants to destroy me. I want to walk in discernment and be only with the ones who are for me and not against me. And then verse 27 says, her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. So we have to realize and that sounds mean, you know, it'd be like, oh, well, she could be a nice person just on the wrong path. No, that's true. When some, that's her agenda. She has, she has said that for herself. And sometimes we have more faith in others than what they're trying to show us. Our enemies show us who they are. The devil shows us 24 seven who he is, that he doesn't love us. He doesn't even like us. He doesn't respect us. He doesn't cherish us. He wants no good thing for us. The devil shows us who he is, but we want to think, oh, well, it's not like this. Or, oh, she can be better. No, she has showed you. All I want to do is take you to hell with me and kill you. That's all I want to do. That's what the immoral woman screams. She screams that, oh, I just want, I just want you to be destructive you know I want to destroy you that's what she says and you have to listen to that and you have to be like okay do I want to be destroyed and if uh, hopefully 
you will answer no. And if it's no, then you have to be like, okay, at verse eight, I'm not going to pass along the street near her corner. I'm not. And at verse seven, I will be a young man that has understanding, not lacking of understanding, but that has understanding. And even for the ladies, you will be a young woman that has understanding, that will not walk in the paths of wickedness. So that is the end of chapter seven. And I hope that you all enjoyed it. And I really hope that while we're getting into the immoral woman and about, you know, being true to our spouses, though we don't have spouses yet, and though some of us may not be in relationships yet, this is really something to take in concerning this situation. Even though we may not experience yet, it's something good to keep in our mind so that, like Solomon says, hear me now so you won't have to deal with it later because the devil is against us. And at some point he will try and tempt us with the immoral woman or the immoral man. But we have to stay focused and recognize the love of God. All of this, the whole Bible, and one of the main things about all through this is just the love of God. The whole Bible was made out of God's love. God could have just not made the Bible and we could have just been out here and had no instruction and it was only if we truly submitted to God that he would give the ones who submitted to him instruction but no he had them right in the Bible you know in this in the Proverbs Solomon was just talking to his son he was just talking to his children he was like okay my kids gonna be good if nobody else's kids is good my kids gonna be fine and they're gonna walk in wisdom but God had him to write these things down so that God's children can have the Bible, so that God's children can be good. So this just screams the love of God. And in this time, in this year, it's truly about seeking God. And we have to recognize the love of God, not only in our lives, but just recognizing when you recognize the love of God, you can recognize who has it in them and who doesn't. Because this is the year to separate from the people who are not really for you and just evaluating yourself and evaluating others through getting closer to God and through growing in Christ. Because when you grow in Christ, you should be growing higher. And, you know, not everybody can grow high with you. You know, some people like to be planted to the ground. Some people like to be, as they say, down to earth and I know that's a good term but in this sense it's not because we want to get higher we want to answer to the high calling of God so we have to realize that sometimes we will be higher than others and that is okay sometimes we will be higher than the immoral woman or the immoral man and that is great because you know unless they want to change their ways they're not going to be able to grow with you but when you do grow, you're getting closer to God. So if nobody else is for you, God will be for you. If nobody else loves you, God loves you. And that is something to really take today that God loves me. You know, every day that you wake up for this month and just for the rest of your life, you might just want to look in the mirror and be like, God loves me. You know, so if somebody's being mean to you, if you have an immoral woman in your life, or immoral man 
and they're trying to fill you and get into your imagination and give your fulfillment to your imagination, you have to say, wait a minute, God loves me. So I don't need to please my flesh because God pleases my spirit and my spirit is eternal. So, you know, you have to think about those things. The growing does not stop here. You can find the Growing in Christ blog on our website that can be found in our bio. Not only does the Growing in Christ website house our blog, it also shows you where you can find us on our social media. Always remember Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. For through this verse, we know that if we keep on trusting in God, simultaneously, we'll keep on growing in God.